Hallelujah. Next Wednesday night, brother, you better be ready for some hard work. Hallelujah. You know something, the Mountie, what you did to me, I'm never going to forget. It's not very often that I find myself being electrocuted, but when you get in the Survivor Series, mm -hmm. it's going to be you. You're the one that's going to pay. Mr. Wallard, the world is watching the Survivor Series. This Wednesday night, I'm ready for you. Are you going to be ready for the British Bulldog? You see, though, what you gotta remember, boys, Mr. Real World Champion Ric Flair and the rest of you village people, we gotta function as a team. We gotta lay down for each other. We gotta die for each other. We have to survive for each other, Flair. Okay, that worked. Well done. I'm pretty happy about that. That was good. I'm trying to do this all in one take, so I got this little cart wall. And uh, that intro was done live. That wasn't even edited after the fact, so you know. We are on our game tonight. And kudos. You know what? Kudos to me. Fuck it. Well, exactly. Kudos to you. I agree. So you're all listening to the Mezzanine Sleepover. We decided to do this again. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> you know, for us. I, I haven't even looked at the numbers. I don't even want to know um, if anybody's listening or not. I would say that there are probably three listens because I've listened twice and then oh. kind of and then kind of <laughs> bounced through the first one a couple of times. Nice. But you know. Yeah. So it's a Tuesday night. It's uh, June 23rd. So we're recording it this week. I guess the day before we're going to post. It's like 9.30 at night. There's like a storm brewing outside. Who knows? It's very spooky. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Very spooky being up this high. It is. We're all lightning like, all around you. Up in the tower where the studio is located. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the I, studio. Yeah, hey. Mike's. Look at that intro. I believe you know that your microphone is stacked on top of uh, a phone book. Two phone books. What Was that one of those? Uh, you still get those? Yep. And a, um, a unopened box of paper. Uh, uh, like a, a ream of paper. Yeah. Very what nice. else are you going to use phone books for these days? It's true. It's like, go check the phone book. What? What? Yeah, okay. So, uh, what, poops? Yep. We've we've had to, you know, kind of figure out a day to, to do this, but yes, you've been a busy guy. I have been a busy guy. What the hell have you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. The usual the usual stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I, the, the, the original night we were supposed to do this was um, Sunday. And uh, got I, I took a I took a slap shot in the ass. Got to say at hockey, and I uh, I did something else to my arm, and I was I can't I can't come out because I I'm just I'm too old to be doing this. So so, so you for those that don't know, you started playing like organized ice hockey yes. this year. Yes, I'm 37. I'm almost 38, <laughs> and I'd never played a single game on ice before. And so you play with a team called the Swamp Dusters. And we play in the lowest division at Dakota Community, whatever it's called now. Jonathan, Jonathan Taves. Taves. Yes. Uh, I, I just remember it's Dakota because that's where I used to play out of uh, soccer and stuff. But yeah, um, we play in the lowest division. Um, and uh, yeah, we finished 1 in 11. 1 in 11. 1 in 11. We went in at 1 in 10. And uh, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, we went in 1 in 11. This was a playoff game. Sorry. We got everybody gets in the playoffs. So it's like the old, it's like the NHL in the 80s. 
Yeah. So we all, everybody gets in the playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. There you go. Hey, hey, hey. See, I queued you up for that yeah, one. Yeah. Hey. I'm delivering these to you on a silver platter. Hey. Um, yeah. So we everybody gets in the playoffs. So we played the first place team, and uh, yeah, that was our game. We finished one eleven and lost in the first round, eight uh, one. So. Oh well. Yeah. That's that. That is like eight. You know, the eighty Smythe division. That really is. Or really the is. Norris division. Yeah. Where, you know, the Leafs got in at like 23 and 47. Yes. One season. Yes. And that was good for third in That's the tradition. Pretty That's pretty bad. Yeah. So, uh, all right. And, but you, uh, the one game you won, like you, you, what the fuck was that team all about? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, we were short, uh, players. A few times this year we were short players and, um, it's just beer league. And, um, the problem with, with our team is that we had some guys like me and, and another friend of ours, uh, this guy named, uh, Mike, um, we hadn't played before, so we had a couple of guys that hadn't played, and we had a bunch of, like, we're all in our late 30s and early 40s, and I guess in Spring League, all the old guys are, like, sitting at home, they're not playing, so we're playing all the young guys, and these guys can just go, and so they, we are getting beat, not badly, every night, in fact, our, 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 our goal differential wasn't the worst, um, it was like five, three, six, four. Yeah, we'd lose like, yeah, we'd lose. We lost a couple tight ones. We lost a couple blowouts. But, um, uh, the game that we won, we were playing, uh, one, just one of the, one of the teams. I don't even remember who it was. And, uh, we were short players. And so one of the guys brought his son, his teenage son and his friend out. <laughs> and these guys were like amazing. And I believe that they scored between them seven goals. In our 11-4 win. So we wouldn't have lost without them. Uh-huh. But we wouldn't have won either. I don't know. They might have had the possession numbers too. Oh, right? well, yeah. I, we'd have to go check the Corsi and the, and the Fenwick and, you know, uh, the PDO and all that, all that, all the, all those, all the, all the good stuff to find out. But, um, suffice to say, we finished 1-11. It was fantastic. Uh, I, I loved every minute of it. It was, I just, I, I remember, I, I talked about this a little bit on our, um, Beyond the Handle. And, uh, you know, listen to Beyond the Handle. Um, and, uh, it was, it, I was, I was just beside myself before playing because I thought there's no way I'm going to even survive this. And it was pretty good. So, you know, I got a goal. And, uh, what was your stat line for the year? My know? stat line for the year was, um, one goal, zero assist, uh, assists, one point, and two penalty minutes. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I blocked a shot in a game. And then the puck uh, went out uh, out of the zone, and I pushed the guy from behind <laughs> to get the puck, and uh, I got sent to the sent to the old sin bin. But um, yeah, we we it was funny because we going into our our game where we were where we won, and we were we were we were zero and ten at that point, and we won the la- our last game of the regular of the regular season as you'd call it, and um, our our we had fourteen goals for. And then we scored 11 in our last game. Oh yeah. Yeah, so we ended up pretty we ended up we ended up with decent uh I think we with uh with what 20 25 goals for in in 12 games. So not bad. So over 2 goals a game. <laughs> not too bad. So you telling me about this reminded me I'm like, okay, 1 in 11. Yeah. What kind of season do do we recall here that was kind of, you know, similar to that kind of season? And then in Winnipeg, there's this great one of my favorite all-time Winnipeg Jets seasons. I just wanted to take a quick look. Just going to bring it up here. All, All right. Screen. There we go. 80-81. 1980-81 Winnipeg Jets season. Let's take a trip down memory lane. I've got the big wiki page up on the on the big screen here. So it's their second season in the NHL. Yep. The first season, I don't think they made the playoffs either. But uh, No, they did not, right? Yeah. No, yeah. They, they, but they weren't this bad. 
So, uh, the team has scored 246 goals and gave up 400. Nice. It's pretty bad. It's five goals a game over 80 <laughs> day, games. But the, but the second most impressive thing, I think, is just the overall record. Yep. Nine, 57, and 14. Fantastic. They tied more games than they won. Yep. Um, they were coached by Tom McVie, who got fired. <laughs> Then he was replaced well, by... Well, he had one Thomas. win in, in, in 28 games. Yeah. I'm assuming he got fired. I mean, come on. He had to have gotten fired. So he got replaced by Bill Sutherland, who looks like he also got fired. He must have gotten fired. They went through three coaches that season. Wow. Bill Sutherland had got six wins. He I, was only 6-20-3. Six and, 20, six, 20 and three. Not bad. And I don't know why. Maybe he was an interim coach. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Now, is that Mike Smith, like the Mike Smith, who was the third coach that year? Because it's saying that we have Mike Smith. Just checking to see here. Uh, yes. yes. Oh, my God. So Mike Smith, who would later come and draft Russians. Yes. Nonstop was the coach. Had, uh, had a, a stellar um, first uh, portion of a season coaching. So well done, Mike Smith. Let's but, um, yeah, so th- this uh, he had two wins, 17 losses and four ties. So uh, good for Mike Smith. Yeah, that, that I, again, like this is two. We would not remember this season. Oh, God, no. They uh they had Dave Babich on defense. I guess this was his rookie season. They were still in the Smythe division, but at this point in time, the Smythe division was the Oilers, the Canucks, the Blackhawks, the Blues, and the Rockies. Calgary was still in in Atlanta. Yes, you know before they became the Fake Flames, and <laughs> and the Jets were playing with uh, six other teams. Uh, who um, <laughs> there's one team in this division that was over 500. St. Louis had 107 points. Yep. Chicago was 31 and 33 and 16, and they were second, so they got home at an ice advantage. Yep. Um, but at least those three teams are like, you know, kind of close to 500. Yeah. But yeah, you got the Jets, 9, 57, and 14. My favorite part of the season, though, is down. Uh, they This is a Wikipedia page we're looking at. So it's got a list of all the scores and all the games. Yeah, and all the, the red, the, the pink is losses, and the green is wins, and the ties are just in white on the table. So it's a lot of pink or, or you know, like light red. <laughs> So they come in and they win their third game of the season against Chicago. So they're one and two, right? They won six two. They won six two. This is on October seventeenth, nineteen eighty. There's a little yep. green stripe. Yep. The next green stripe shows up <laughs> on December twenty third, nineteen eighty. So the Jets, I believe that that is. Let's see, three games, uh, thirty four games. Yep. So a thirty one game winless winless streak. Yep. That's pretty That's awesome. That's Tom McVie right there. That was it for him, hey? That is that is really awesome. But the funny thing is they got a tie against the Islanders in that time. Who <laughs> the Islanders were in the midst of like the Stanley Cup dynasty. Yes, they did. And they got a tie in there. And these scores some of them on are the road. <laughs> on the road. On the road. They in went in They went into Nassau County Coliseum and they took it to Mike Bossy and the Islanders. Very nice. So so good for them, but yeah, then mostly just a bunch of losses. Then they went on, you know, they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 8-2. And they beat them again later 2 nothing. So Leafs fans sucked even then, right? Yes. But uh, yeah, some of these scores, though, 10-4, like losses, 6-3. 9 9-3 to 10-1. Montreal, followed by a 10-1 loss to Philadelphia. And then beat Montreal 4-2. <laughs> yeah. Now, is one of those games that tuxedo night? Or is that in the first know. season? I don't even know. Again, I don't know. I don't know. But the, nice, the good thing about this season is that... Um, is that it's just it, it's the it's the it's the footnote in history, mm-hmm. right? Like you'll always get to say 
the nine win season. And, uh, if you're going to have a season, you might as well, like, it's like this, you might as well, like, be the absolute worst yeah. team in the league. Oh, yeah. Like, by a long shot. Yeah. Not even close. And, uh, they came out of it, though, and they got to draft Howard Chuck. And that's, and that's, and there's where, there's where it lies. You get the number one overall pick, and, and there you go. So, I'd say success, successful season. <laughs> well, they got Dale Howard Chuck out of the deal. <clears throat> look at these players. But they, they knew how to tank then. That's, oh, that's God, the important yes. thing. Look at these, look at this lineup. Dave Christian, who came to the Jets, and you know what? I don't know someone that's, you know, obviously kind of a generation older than me. They might have to explain this to me. But on Dave Christian's page, they say like he had a difficult four seasons in Winnipeg before moving to the Cavs. Oh, I'd like to know more. So I, I'd just like to know what those difficulties were. Yes. You know? And, uh, yeah, we had Lukowicz kind of, ugh. Yeah. Danny Jeffrian, though. That's yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, you know what I find interesting is the the absolute terrible depth at center. Ron Wilson, <laughs> Peter Sullivan, and then you got to scroll down. You got to scroll down. We got oh, we got Anders Steen, and then my gosh, that's three of them. And then we got who else? Marie Eves. <laughs> God and Dave Chartier. Oh my God! Wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. The goaltending was. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna still complain about Pavlik, but uh, <laughs> but we had we had three goalies. We had Michelle Dion, yeah, who played 14 games and actually took three wins out of them with a goals against average of 6.83, 6.83, 4.83, 4.83, 4.83. Pierre Amel, who had a 4.73 GAA, and Marcus Matson, who had a 4.5 GAA. Yeah, and he had a shutout though. He did. And they all had three wins. Yeah. And then Lindsay Middlebrook played a string of games and his goals against average was 5.97. And he was, uh, of course, 0, 9, and 3. Yeah. So, so the 80, for him. 80, 81 season. You know what? Very nice. Yeah. And I mean, this, your team's an expansion team. So. Yes. You know, it gets better. Maybe you'll draft, uh, maybe you'll draft a ringer. We already know. have, we already have a new, a new, uh, Cardinal inductee coming in, uh, uh, old uh, Monster Balls is coming to join us. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, the Love Machine himself. So is he going so to stuff gonna... his hockey pants when he plays? <laughs> well, he bought. He spent fifty bucks on equipment. <laughs> it's the oldest equipment I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? So good for him. And uh, we will be playing in probably in the worst division in winter. We'll probably be playing some some older guys. So that'll 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 probably make it a little easier. All right. So hopefully we'll have to we'll have to find a better jet season to compare you to the next. So many juicy ones to choose from. Right? I, yeah. Oh, there is. Oh my God. And you know, and I'd like to say we are kind of, if we take a look at the, the old jets and we take a look at the new jets or the fake jets or whatever, um, you know, to, I, we used to look back at the, at the jets and be like, oh yeah, they, they missed the playoffs for a couple of years and then they got bumped in the first round. We have now the jets that, uh, that have, that, that went, uh, three years out of the playoffs and one year with a four game sweep. It's looking a lot like the old Jets it up really in here. It really is. It's, it's the same thing. It's nice, comfortable. You can just settle in <laughs> to the mediocrity and it doesn't look like it's gonna, I, I don't know. I, I looked at this, uh, depth chart thing today. Um, oh. they showed the depth chart, like without the, with the, with the UFAs out. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, they like, have all it's their, just it's just weak. They have all their defense in place, right? The defense are in place, but, but, the, their but forwards? The, the forwards are weak. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll see. We've got a big week. We'll probably have something to talk about after the end of I think so too. at the end of the weekend with uh yep. with with the uh the good old draft coming up. Yeah, and we can talk about that and on another podcast. Yeah. So, another uh, uh, that's exciting for you. You've been out hockey. You went to the lake over the weekend, right? Yes. Like yes. enjoyed some time there. Yep. You know, busy at work. I <laughs> The most exciting thing for me is that 
I updated our cart wall for the for the show. Yes, I'm so, excited to hear this. So so I I got this little soundboard. Yep. I got it off of uh you know iTunes or iTunes yeah the App Store so it's yep. on the old iPad sitting here, and uh, I started loading up these so- these sounds for the show right like yep. not that I'm going to use them or anything like that or like you know but just to something well, you to used do. one already yeah because what the fuck am I gonna you know what do I do with my life right so exactly. this is something I loaded up and I load ten of them up and then they're like oh if you want more you got to pay nine bucks so <laughs> guess who shelled out nine bucks you did I oh, did wow, way to go. Bucks. I just that's I, that's not what I would have done. Nope. <laughs> we should have just rotated between ten. Between, uh, 10. But I brought a them. second iPad in. Yeah. I'm gonna put it on the phone. <laughs> iPad Mini. But uh, you know, I was like, all right, all right. So, so let's, let's hear some. Of so these. there's some I've played for you already. Yes. Uh, I did them last week, but there's there's some that that's the first time you've heard them. Okay. So I want to get your reaction, and, and and for some of them, you might want to talk about where, where they come from. And again, why the fuck would we ever use them in conversation? Now, playoffs, you know. Playoffs? <laughs> that's that's going to come up from time to time because we're going to talk is. sports. Yes. You know, so that, and that's a good old classic, uh, what, Jim Morrow. Jim Morrow, Jim Morrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quotes. Yeah. I just love. I love it in isolation. Playoffs. <laughs> All right. So good. So another one, it's like, okay, oh, what did you do? Oh, shit. You know, I was at, uh, I was at, uh, Safeway, got a quart of milk, and I bought it, and then I fucking spilled it all over the ground. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, you That's know, there's awesome. that one, or this one too. <laughs> yes. Or uh, we actually used to make noise like out of our mouths like that when I know. we were in university. Well, people would walk around and we'd go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, real cool. Yep. <laughs> oh, you could, you're gonna find a way to use all these. These are fantastic. So, so we're like, like the morning zoo here. Exactly. This is great. <laughs> with with poops and scow. Yeah, we'll be on. We'll be on. Uh, we'll be taking over Power ninety seven. Great, great. All I got the Nickelback all lined up. <laughs> So, uh, here's, now here's some though that you have not, you have not yet heard. All right, okay. Good, good, good. Here we go. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives this shit? Perfect. <laughs> so if I ever say gold jacket, you've got me covered. Or, you know, if you're like talking about a couple of things that I don't give a fuck about. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'll let you, you know. Like happy. I'll let you know, but in a funny way, so it's not insulting. Of course not. And I'd like to say, I mean, we're of the, we're, I mean, what, what Happy Gilmore is what, 96? Yeah. I mean, perfect. We were like, uh, I was 19, you were was probably 18. 18. It was just like that. We, I, I think we watched that movie eight times at the cheap theater. Yeah. Constantly bringing more people every time. We'd say every line through the whole movie. So annoying. We were so obsessed with that fucking movie. And like, looking back, like, I still can watch it. Yes. You know, and people still like it, but I mean, you know, like, come on. Eight times? Yeah. And we like, you have to come. You gotta with, come. With progressively larger groups coming to see Happy Gilmore with us. Yes, and listen to us reciting all the lines. Terrible. All right. Okay. This one has a special place in my heart, and I know you'll like it too. Okay, good. Minus five stars! Ah, very nice. <laughs> see, that's for all the wrestling. When, that we talk, is... when we talk wrestling, you can throw in some Super oh, Chico. We, we, we review a movie that we're going to talk about soon, and oh, this, might, this might come up for... Uh, Minus oh. five stars! Or you can play it. Just, you could just hit that button for over 20 minutes. So my uh, 15 minutes of Twitter fame came yes. last summer when I decided to post my evaluation of the Winnipeg Jets offseason. Yes. And it was Brian Alvarez saying... Minus five stars for ten minutes. Yes, and our friend, of course, he's got to be our friend, 
Andrew Ladd. Yes. Favored, favorited it by accident. Yes, by accident. Because that then, happens all the time. Yeah, and then had to do some press. Yes. You know, he unfavorited it, and I'm sure the True North machine got in his ear. And all of a sudden, the next day, it's like, oh, no, no, we had these interviews scheduled about how I'm confident about the team's direction. Yes. Really happy with how things are well, going. Well, that was the day that you kind of set the you set the tone for a day of, of Jets media. Exactly. So well done. That, exactly. That's something you can always be proud it of. It was a slow August, and I brought Jets to all those people who are, is it October yet? Like yeah. starving starving Jets fans. The who, worst people in the world Yeah, who asking when it's October yet. Yeah. So here we go. Oh, yeah! Yes! <laughs> it was all there. It was fucking hard to get an oh yes off of YouTube. Really? So you just had to, you just had to find something. This came, so, so this is WWF Paul Bearer, yep. the manager of The Undertaker. Yep. And it's a clip where it's, uh, he's getting interviewed by Nick Taturo before WrestleMania 10. Okay. So Nick Taturo is one of, uh, oh, no, it was 11. Yes, yeah, it was 11. Taker wasn't at 10. No, okay. no, 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 it was 10. Oh, it was 10. No, t- Taker didn't wrestle at 10. Oh, no. Okay. He didn't. He wasn't there. Yeah. He didn't come back to that SummerSlam. But they were talking about the mystery of him missing. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe. But right. Taturo was definitely at 11. Okay, because, then it was 11. Yeah. So Taturo is interviewing him. They're at, they're at an air interrogation table. Pam Anderson was missing, dude. Uh, and, and, at WrestleMania 11. Right. And... uh and Paul Bearer is off camera talking, and then they pan over to him, and he's wearing a dress, and he's he's got a wig on, and he's pretending to be a woman. Oh, I don't know where he is. You know, like, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Fuji's sitting next to him. So that must be WrestleMania 10. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. So so they do that, and then all of a sudden, the Ender- Undertaker dong goes off, <laughs> and, the, and the lights go out, and when they come back on, now Fuji has the dress on, and Paul Bearer's... Super happy because he's pulled the fast one and he's going. Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. I love. It. So who's was it? Undertaker's magical powers? Yes. Or was it Paul Bear's magical powers? Well, they both had them, right? Oh yeah, but I guess Paul uh, Undertaker, who was missing, yep, still could use his magic <laughs> to change people's clothes. Yeah. So that, that's great. So we got some Paul Bear. Yep. Well, Lottie frickin' God! <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a, just a classic uh, Chris Farley. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. This one's dear to my heart, based on what I've been watching recently. She. Now, I don't know the guy's <laughs> name, but I know that's The Wire. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Clay Davis. Nice. State Senator Clay Davis. You've been watching a lot of Wire. You know... A lot of Wire. I've been, I'm two seasons in to the yep. five. Yeah. It's the fucking best show ever. Oh it's, yeah. I have only show. watched that one season. It's it is the best show. And I know the best part about it is season two is like awesome, but it's the worst of the five. Season three is my favorite. It's about to come, so I'm just like salivating to get in it. But I have to say, the show that I was watching before just I decided to kind of rewatch again was fucking lost. Oh god. And I got to season three and it's just like I don't know. No, I tried the same thing. Like because you were talking about it. Yeah. I started watching it. No, no, I can't do it. You know what? It's too long of a slog and there's just too many things that make me mad. Looking back at the show, I feel like J.J. Abrams was just pulling a rib on all the viewers. He must have been. Like he was like, you know what? What the fuck can I like just make people come along with? Like at this point in time, yeah, and they're you know, and they're making it up. Like they they said at one point, and the reason I decided to commit to loss is because they did some interview where they were like, oh, in the third season, we didn't know our direction, and then we decided on how we were going to end it, and we had a direction again. So yep. I'm like, okay, they're gonna fucking tell me about 
how the island is magic, and yeah, you're gonna tell me about you know the the. Oh, I guess I kind of start putting all the monster. clues in, right? You know, yeah, and and yeah, they're gonna all this shit that they were going over throughout the show. They're gonna yeah. answer all these questions, right? Yep. Why can John Locke walk like when he's in a wheelchair and then he lands on the it's island? The island is Why magical, and they're just like it's the island. Like that, I know the, the island is, moves around, yeah. and the island can I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> that that there's a cap in the island that the world will end. There's if like a they fucking, don't it's keep... like a drain, like a drain in yeah. an old school bathtub, and they're and like, then, oh, we pop this out. And, and the world will end? I don't understand. I am a um hardcore hater of that finale, but as I watch it back again, I'm increasingly disappointed in everything that came before that finale. Yeah. I like certain things. There's still some real kick-ass stuff. Yeah. But I uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch that. They're over just like, again. Oh, you know what? Just the, we're on an island. Okay, we can believe that. Okay, now we found a hatch, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of these underground like uh, homes in in the island. Okay, we'll believe that. All right. Oh, but by the way, there's also a neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> you know. So so take that one. Oh, and because we released some magnetism, now people helicopters can see the island and find us. Yes. Then it's like we can make planes crash. No, yeah, and then they're like. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah, and all of a sudden there's like Jesus. And he's like, hey, I got this brother and he's bad. Yeah. And now we're battling. And and then it's like, oh, and some of these guys are just going to land in the 70s. Yeah. Just like, what? And, you know, if you flash through time too much, you will die. And just ridiculous. And then the ending where it's all like, now we're all just waiting for each other to go to heaven. And I almost fucking barfed. So bad. Mm -hmm. Such a bad ending. So bad. That it's like really, the, it's just those people. Yeah. So all your family that you ever knew and all your relationships meant nothing. It was just these guys that you had this wacky adventure with. One of my are all waiting to go to heaven together. Makes no sense. One of my favorite storylines that 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 I question, like the favorite one to question is. So and again, like I know if you haven't watched Lost, this doesn't mean anything to you, but whatever, fuck it, fast forward. <laughs> um, and if you have, if we're spoiling it for you, it's been five years. Like I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. too bad. So Saeed has his storyline and it's in the same episode his storyline is he meets a childhood female friend while he's in the iraq war yes and he's supposed to interrogate her yes but he falls in love with her yeah and she then escapes and goes to los angeles so he's on the flight to go to la to reunite with this girl yeah and instead, the plane crashes, and a week later, he's banging Shannon on the island, know, and he's in love with her. <laughs> and then at the end of this, the whole series, that's his like significant other that, I he, know. that he goes away with. I, I feel like they had a board <laughs> with all their like plot lines, and they used like sticky notes, and things just kind of fell off. Yeah, like you know, like the the the, the stickiness on the on this on the post-it kind of you know after a few years, just and things would just fall. And like, you know, there'd be a pile on the ground and they were just too lazy to go pick them up and like rearrange them. Because it's like, ah, let's just do this. They're just like, you know what? In the end, we're just going to fucking say they're dead anyway. Well, and that, that was the ultimate, like, um, that was kind of the last of that generation of shows. You know, that, that serial drama every week, you watch it and it was like exciting and it was kind of, that was it. They, they, yeah. A, they kind of, they didn't kill it because, you know, other ways of watching television killed it. Yeah. But, um, metaphorically you could call that the end because it was like you couldn't you couldn't do that now you be, if you just want to watch something you can't tell a story that way anymore it's got to be consistent and it's got to flow and doing the big like surprises it's like wrestling 
when you just do like when you're just Russo, yeah, doing you know swerves over and mm-hmm. over, things start to not make any sense at all. And then it just, just dilutes the product. Anymore. So, anyways, and I so did- sorry to interrupt. <laughs> nice. Well, we better keep going, Billy Madison. <laughs> so we got a Billy Madison Classic. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the last one. And this one, I don't know why the hell I'd ever use it, but I had to throw it in here. All right. Uncle Jones in a muff. <laughs> <laughs> that show is is still like one of the best. So we can't get into it because it yeah. takes way too long. Yep. Sopranos is uh, like it just it, it just brings joy to hear that because that is an amazing <laughs> episode of Sopranos. <laughs> Uncle Jones in a muff. <laughs> Well done. Well, I like them. That's some good drops that you got together there. So I look forward to you um, getting uh, nimble enough to, to pull those off. <laughs> Thanks. I'll try my best. So speaking of... Minus uh, five stars! Yes. Let. So you got to pick the, the uh, movie this week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel so bad. I, you know, we use... You know, you picked that great episode of Degrassi, and it was uh, it was it was a fun watch. It was short, you know, half an hour. Uh, it was it was great. It had lots of funny moments, things you remember. And so I thought, well, I, I was racking my brain. I'm like, what can we talk about? And I'm like, oh, well, we used to watch B movies. We used to buy them at Movie Village. You'd go down there. I don't can't remember how much they were. Were they oh, like five three bucks, bucks, three four five bucks. bucks? So we'd on our limited budgets, we'd go and we'd buy one. We'd pick it out, and then you'd uh, go back, you know, and watch it. And they were almost always terrible, but usually they're funny. And I guess when you're younger, you kind of just think that they're better than they are or they're funnier than they are because I thought, well, okay, let's give this one a go because it's on YouTube and uh, the full movie. And um, it's, I thought, let's, 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 let's give it a, uh, let's give it a try. And I, I have to apologize because it is absolutely terrible. So the movie is so bad. <laughs> the movie is called Blood Diner. Blood Diner. And I, I remember like memorable parts of this that we remembered and like yes. incorporated into our lexicon. Yes. For, for a while. Yep. Which we'll, we'll tell you about in a second. And I look at this again and I'm like, this movie isn't funny. Nope. They try really hard to be funny. Oh God. Like yes. they, they want it to be funny. And I, and it's a bad movie. And I thought right away, this must have been skewered. On uh, like Rotten Tomatoes or any other reviews, yeah, no. it's not. It's fifty five percent. It's not bad. Well, this had a li- this had a theatrical release, mm-hmm. if you can believe it, in nineteen eighty seven, and um, but I guess it's this kind of like it says here, it's a black comedy horror film. Well, yeah, it tries, <laughs> it tries. Um, it's it's quite bad. It's it's um, do we, do we need to go over the whole thing? Because, I don't think so because I think that we've we've taken up um. I think we have enough time to fill that we don't need to talk about Blood Diner. I would recommend that nobody watch it. It's quite horrible. Um, it's got right out of the gate, like it starts with a warning. Yep. You know, like one of those like tongue in cheek kind of wink, wink, you know, warnings, which almost made me like right out of the, right at the start of it think like, is this like, was this done for like a high school class project? And I kept waiting for like, you know, commercial parodies to come in, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're doing a class video, you gotta throw in a commercial parody. And it just, it never came. It's so bad that I, 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 I will admit that I stopped watching. <laughs> Let me tell you about how this movie starts. This kind of gives you just, just a, like you can watch the first two minutes and you know what this movie is all about. Yes. Okay. So they have the disclaimer and then it starts off in this house and there are two kids, yep. they're brothers and they're playing with toys. And the mom is talking to them 
But they don't show the mom's face. They just have her voice, and then they show her kind of walking out the door. Yep. And she's like, I forget exactly what she said, but she's something like, you two little shits behave while I walk out the door, because you have to talk to your kids like they're trash, because that's funny, right? Like, that's... Yep. That's the way the dialogue has to be. And this is throughout the movie where people just talk to each other like they're assholes. Yeah, and she says something like she has to go out and buy some goddamn tampons. Yeah, so that's her line. Like, that's their like, their thought of comedy. Like, oh, what would be funny? Oh, it would be funny if she said she had to buy tampons. Cause, yes. Ha, 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 ha. It's pretty that's, funny. That's the level of humor throughout this movie. Yeah. Like, there are jokes all the way through. And it is all at that level of And, of like, comedy. burp jokes, fart jokes... Um, the, the, you, you name it, it's there. So then there's a radio announcement that comes up and they're warning people in the neighborhood about a, a, a bad guy in the neighborhood. And again, here's the humor. They say, uh, he is armed with a meat cleaver in one hand and his genitals in another. Yes. So it's just funny because it's like he's holding his balls. And I guess yes. that's, that's a funny thing, right? Yep. And so anyways, without getting into a ton of detail, the, the the meat cleaver guy breaks into the house. It's scary. And it but- looks like an alien. Yeah. He comes. He, for some reason, he bashes through the walls with his meat cleaver, and it's got he's backlit, so it looks like he's coming out of a spaceship. <laughs> and it turns out it's their uncle. So they they see him. They're hiding, and then they see him, and they're like, yeah, "Uncle Amor," and they're all they love their uncle. And then their uncle's like, "Hey, kids." Uh, he speaks like a vampire. He's like, hey, kids, it's uh, good to see you. Yeah, well, he's, I think he's, he sounds like Egyptian, right? I yeah. think that's the whole point. There's an awful lot of accents in this movie that don't make sense, <laughs> considering it's it's kind of supposed to be like, I, I assume, something like California. I have no idea. You know, it, it seems like it, it could be anywhere in the United States, but, it, you know, just given the... The um the location I would I think that it was probably somewhere in California so it, it I, I don't know there's there's like a, a chief who's got it, like a really thick accent he's a police chief yes and it doesn't kind of make sense like he's from Transylvania yes it's just strange and so yeah I didn't really I didn't really um I didn't really get that but it, but it, but it basically the the uncle what happens is the kids like the uncle the uncle says I gave I I have some fucking necklaces or amulets for you. Believe in Sheetar. Sheetar is this this beast that they talk about throughout the show. She's a mythical beast. I don't know where she comes from. I don't know why the family gives a shit. I don't know why the kids give a shit. But the uncle says, you know, love Sheetar. Here's some amulets or and fucking necklaces or whatever. Yep. And then he walks out to confront the cops and gets killed. And he gets killed. Yes. And, and that's the that's the intro to the movie. And then we yep. jump ahead twenty years, and all of a sudden these two brothers are running a vegetarian diner. Yep. And uh, they're just in the midst of killing people. And they they have dug up their uncle. They dig up his grave and they open up the coffin and he's a skeleton, but his brain is apparently still intact. Yes, twenty years later, a perfectly looking, functioning brain. And then so they put the brain in a jar with a pair of eyes that they got from a security guard they killed at the <laughs> um, cemetery. I think so. They use his eyes and now, but he has no mouth. He just has eyes and a brain, but they can hear him talk. And he <laughs> commands them to build. A build this sheetar out of human body parts. So they're running a vegetarian restaurant, and well, they use it, I guess, to you know lure women. And the the joke the joke of the movie in terms of this restaurant is it's a vegetarian restaurant, and but there's a secret recipe. Oh yes, that that's right. Everybody loves, and it's just the people that they kill, the parts they don't need, they yes. turn them into food. Yeah. There's there's a scene where a guy. God, I have it somewhere. Is he a security guard or a cop? Oh, no. He's an IRS agent. Yes, that's right. An IRS agent walks into a restaurant full of people. And wants to check the books. And one of the brothers, like, and he says, I want to see the books. The brother's like, come with me. 
They go to the back. The door closes. It's one of those swinging doors. So it swings one way. Then you hear like a, a like basically he gets knocked out or killed. You get the sound, so you know he's yeah. been offed. And then it swings the other way, and the guy walks out, and he's got a plate of fingers. Yes. And he puts it right into the deep fryer, and then they serve it to these guys at a table, and they're like, our special fingers. And they're like, oh, what's the secret <laughs> recipe? And again, so that's bad. the humor of this movie. It's so bad. Another one, uh, in this diner, there's there's this he, like larger, like bearded guy. A regular. He's a regular there. His name is Vitamin C. Yes. And... He burps and farts he burps all the time. He burps and farts, and again, the dialogue is, he says... He's it's eating, overdubbed. He's eating, yeah, he, and he's eating a veggie burger at the start, and his one of his first lines is he says, that's the best veggie burger I've had in a son-of-a-bitch long time. <laughs> so good. Because you just have to throw in, like, again, it's funny, because you've got to swear. Yes, of course. He also, um, oh, God, there's a shopping list that you oversee uh, in the restaurant, yep. and it includes dog dicks. As yeah, one of the, I don't, as one I, of don't them, I don't, I don't get you know? it. And then there, there, for some reason, one of the brothers is into pro wrestling. Yes, so which he, is a big draw for us because we enjoyed that part. So he's watching. He's he's behind the counter pre- prepping food. There's a tiny TV with black and white wrestling on. Old it. wrestling. I don't know what he's watching. It's the it's like 80s, right? And he's watching some like 50s wrestling. Yeah, Ridiculous. and he's super into it. And vitamin C. And again, this is the dialogue in the movie. Yep. Says, "Oh, you're watching that homo sport." Yes. And so he gets punched. Yes. The guy decides to punch him out, and then, you know, and then it's all cool. Vitamin C is back later. Just no. Again. And well, he's back to do to um, disparage wrestling three, two mm-hmm. other times where he gets beat up both times. Yeah. Um, uh, after that, they, they do have the um, they, they they're trying to get female body parts. So their um, first way that they're trying to do it is they get people to uh, women to sign up on their mailing list. <laughs> for, uh, I guess a mailing list for their restaurant. I, I, I don't you know. know. So they get names and addresses of these women that they want but, to sacrifice. And again, this is 1987, so this isn't an email list. This no, is a, ma- no, it's a, a mailing list, so they can mail out menus. I'm not sure, but the best, my favorite part of this, and and again, I only I didn't get through this. I didn't get through this whole movie this time. Um, uh, but there's there's these cheerleaders, and at first I thought are these like high school girls because they look like they're in their thirties, but it's no they're 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 gonna go audition for I well or assume to do a nude aerobics video on cable access on cable on on yeah on public yeah. access TV, and so at that point they 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 cut to of course all these um, uh, girls doing aerobics with um, topless, and then a guy in a Reagan mask comes <laughs> in and mows them all down. Like, like, just like kills gun. them all. And then, um, and then, you know, they, they, they start cutting up the bodies. And then, uh, we get to see the detectives in action right after that. In my favorite scene of the whole movie, yeah, one that I really thought was legitimately funny was, and, and I don't, it was not, I don't think it was, it was purposeful to be this funny, but the, the one detective, this guy, Mark, is one of these <laughs> detectives. He's got the worst voice in the history of the world. And he, um, and all he, he makes, does, all he does is he gets teamed, he gets teamed up with a female cop who kind of looks like Janet Jackson. Well, her name is Sheba Jackson. And, and, and all he does is sexually harass her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, it's ridiculous. But right at the start, he makes some funny remark about the crime scene. And immediately his chief just punches him in the stomach. And then immediately, like, is like, sorry, perhaps I went too far. <laughs> like, immediately. And it's like, I, I should have known better. And it was like one of those scenes where, like, why is that in there? Is it is it to show intensity? Is it supposed to be like legitimately funny? 
Or is it just someone wrote it and they're like, ah, I'll just leave it in? They thought it was funny, right? Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that there was a very rigorous editing process to no. the script or to what they shot. No. I just yeah. So um ultimately there there's a couple of uh there's a couple of like I guess subplots. One of the wrestlers that one of the, the younger brother is into is a wrestler named Jimmy Hitler. Little Jimmy Hitler. Little Jim, Jimmy Hitler, which actually I thought was kind of a creative idea. It's like, what if Hitler, ha- uh, Hitler had a lineage? Yes. You know, and so Jimmy Hitler is this wrestler, and he's he wears swastikas, and he's a heel. Yeah, exactly. Except, <laughs> at some point in the later part, I don't know how this happens, but the, the brother gets a wrestling match. Yeah, he him. gets a, like, a, we take anybody from the crowd... Uh, to fight, you know, one of the wrestlers for a thousand dollars. I don't know how he got a chance to do that because they were talking about it leading up to them going to that. So it wasn't like it was on the spot. It was planned for what appears to be weeks in advance. So he, he has this match and he starts wrestling Jimmy Hitler and Jimmy, Jimmy Hitler gets the heat on him. So Jimmy oh, Hitler no. is just beating him down. Yep. And the fans are cheering for Jimmy Hitler. So oh, they're like, cheering from Jimmy Hitler right from the beginning. So I'm like, is Jimmy Hitler the baby face? Like, is he, he's the good guy. Yeah. But then the brother makes his, what's his, you know the brother's fucking name? George. George. George makes a comeback. Yeah. He gets fired up and makes his big comeback. Yep. And the crowd starts cheering for Sheetar. Yeah, Sheetar. It doesn't make Sheetar. sense because they don't mention Sheetar. No. They did, they, he has some kind of name. There's a lot of Egyptian stuff in this movie yeah. that they just drop in. And it also feels like they, they talk about this feast and everybody just seems to know what this feast is. Like, <laughs> I don't really understand how they know it. They just know it. They're like, oh yeah, we had one of those last year. But earlier in the movie, they're like, this hasn't happened in 5,000 years. years. But in this club, they're like, yeah, we had one of those feasts last year. So I don't yeah. get it. I think this is a town that's really into Egyptian shit. There's um there's a scene that we could never forget that yep. we just thought was the fu- again the funniest thing at the time and now looking yeah, back it's like so bad what were we thinking yep they go to this nightclub and they go to the bouncer to get in these yep. are the two brothers mm-hmm. and the bouncer's like you're not getting the fuck in here so the first brother grabs him by like the scruff of his jacket and yep. throws him off camera so then they, they go over to a scene, the brother lands on the ground, and he's in front of this lowrider. The bouncer. And the lo- yeah. and it's bouncing. Yep. And it's got the La Cucaracha horn. Yeah. So it's like, and then the tire lands right on the guy's head. And squishes him. And squishes him. They go back to the bouncer and the crowd and the brothers, and they all start laughing. They're like, ah! Because that's what happens, I guess, when someone gets run over, their head gets run over by a car. Bystanders think it's hilarious. And again... I guess we were like 16, 17 yeah, when we 16, watched 17, it. Yeah, 16, 17, yeah. We rewound that scene and watched it like over multiple times. Over and over and over. And the, there's another scene where they where he seduces this woman and slathers her with batter and then sticks her head in the deep fryer and she comes up with a big chicken McNugget head and then he hits it off with a broomstick. Like he's like he's like he's um you know like 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 a baseball player taking a big huge cut. And another guy like chops a woman in half in one swipe with a with a meat cleaver, like her whole body. Yeah. Head to toe in half. With a meat cleaver. And again, you know, you gotta, you know, you let some of that go because it's a, it's a slasher comedy. Yeah. Pretty bad though. And in the end, they resurrect Sheetar. And, uh, <laughs> Sheetar, I make some guy's head explode with laser or electricity. And then 
at the end, it's got the big shocker where the guy pulls up and he's like, look like he's soliciting like a prostitute. He's like, hey, baby, come home with me. And then she gets in the car and then you see her face and it's Sheetar with her big crazy teeth. Yeah. And then they just drive off to like swing in 50s music. And actually, you, I, 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 don't, I, I don't, I don't want to reflect on this movie as much as, you know, we, yeah, more it, than it, we should. Yeah. But I, but this nightclub scene, this is the final scene. They're in this yeah. nightclub. It's like a hardcore band playing. Yeah. I just, this is all I wrote about this, okay? This is what's happening in this nightclub. Um, people on drugs. Yep. There's some pill. They've got this big bag of these pills and they're handing them out. The owners of the nightclub yep. are just handing pills out. They don't ever establish what they are, but people are taking them when they're on drugs. Well, the, the, the brothers provided it to them in a scene earlier. Yeah. Said, we got these pills. You can give them out at the, at the, at the, at the whatever yeah. they were doing. They take, I think it's human remains and they throw them in like a tub and put it on the ground and people just start eating it like it's a bowl of stew in this club. <laughs> There's a band playing. Yeah. Actually. There's a band playing, and some of them have swastikas on again, because I guess there's some obsession. They're not affiliated with Jimmy Hitler, but they have swastikas on. But you may have missed this. There's a girl dancing with the band. She's got she's short. She's got blue hair, and she's doing the fucking Gangnam Style dance. Really? I shit. You I didn't not. see that. I gotta and go. It's go not check just, that out. It's not just in one scene. Like there really? are like three or four scenes. She's fucking doing the Gangnam Style dance. Like nice. I looked at that, and I'm like. He might have taken it from this. He might have. Like, it's not like where I like. I'm shoehorning this. It's legitimately the fucking dance. Nice. I'll have to show it to you after. Okay. Sounds good. If anybody has any idea. Yeah. And and then there are people eating each other. Like they're just eating each other in this club. People are going crazy because of the pills, maybe. But but Sheetar Sheetar comes back to life. Yeah. So she's put together. It's all different body parts of different ladies. She yeah. She she. But the brain of the uncle gets put into her head. She comes back to life. She kills everybody. Yep. The uncles die. They're trying to kill someone. They're trying to kill... The brothers? Uh, the yeah. brothers are trying to kill a, a, a virgin. Yes. As a sacrifice. Yeah. And the virgin gets rescued. Yep. And the brothers die in the ensuing battle. Yes. But everybody in the club dies except for Sheetar and the virgin. Everything else is... They're all yep. dead. Yep. The fucking cops come in. Like the police swarm. And they come in. And the two detectives come in. And their boss commends them. They're like, well done. Job well done. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They didn't solve anything. They bumbled anything. through the whole movie and ended up with a club full of dead people. They're like, good job. Well done. And the and la- Sheetar gets away. And the last thing is, in that, the very last scene that you mentioned, where Sheetar, this car pulls up and it's a guy basically soliciting a prostitute. Yep. And, and the woman gets in the car and then it's a real reveal that it's Sheetar. Yep. But before they show that it's Sheetar, the line he says to him, to, yep. to the woman before he drives away is, right before I stick my big sausage in you, <laughs> what do they call you? <laughs> And then her head turns around and she says, they call me Sheetar. <laughs> so good. And uh, then they play some like California surf music. I know. Some, some, it's like the, the soundtrack, the soundtrack actually for a good, for the, at the start of it was actually pretty awesome, like wicked heavy synth. It was pretty good. But then they like interspersed it with all this weird, like kind of 50s kind of bebop. It was lots so of 50s. Yeah. It was really strange. Uh, but other than that, um, pretty bad. It, it was. It was two thumbs down. It was or I yeah. Well now you cue it up. You, now yeah. I'm not I'm not swift enough with this yet. No, you know? you're not. You're not. You've had you've had other Minus things. Five stars. There we go. You know, Absolutely. That, that's was, an understatement. Yeah, it really was. It wasn't a good movie. We will post it over at what is it? Mezzanine sleepover dot. Uh, mezzanine sleepover dot wordpress dot com. So we'll 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 put a link to yeah. the to the YouTube video yeah. if you want to see it. 
go for it. I'm going to show you the Gangnam Style dance after this so that you can actually say, like, hey, at this moment in time, go and check it out. I want to hear, yeah. you know, if, if you think that she's doing the Gangnam Style dance, the 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 two of you listening to this and that yes. being you and me. Yep. <laughs> then we will then confirm send us, it. Yeah. Send us a tweet. Meza9 Sleepover on Twitter. At Meza9 Sleepover. Yes. And uh, we want to hear if you think it's the Gangnam uh, Style dance. Sounds good. All right. So that's stay away from it. Bad movie. Let's move on to something uh, a little more fun. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> Perfect. There you go. All right. So this is my list. This is your list. You uh, Last week, we talked about um, summer classic jams. That was uh, that was my topic. And you've come up with a real saucy one. So this is, I think you called, dubbed it the Torsion Center list. Yes, the Torsion Center list. The Torsion Center list. So this week's Torsion Center list, and again... We try to limit it to five items. In some cases, we might call it a top five or rank them. This one, it's not ranked. I've just got five yep. on here, okay? So the topic this week is five five terrible songs performed, written and performed by your favorite artists. Yes. So, so we both obviously have our favorites. We've yep. talked about them before. We'll talk about them again. Mm-hmm. But no one's perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Everyone has some like clunk of shit that they've put out yep. for whatever reason. Money, filling an album, contractual obligation. Experimentation. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. It's like, I want to try something, right? Yep. So I'm going to grab the you old list, list here. I'm going to grab the old list here and I've got the old YouTubes to queued up. Sounds so I'm good. I'm going to start. I'll start with mine this week and I'll start at number five. Okay. Number five. Tenacious D. The government totally sucks. Oh, yes. That's You've heard this song? Oh, yeah, I've heard the song. So, Tenacious D, you know what's funny? Not as much for Tenacious D, but some other bands on this list, or at least one for sure, is that in some ways, a lot of things kind of declined. Like, it's not like they were perfect and they had one blender. Yeah. Some of them started off great, and then it kind of fell off a cliff as time passed, yep. right? Tenacious D is not there yet, but I no. mean, nothing is going to beat their first album. Oh, their, their first self- album was amazing. Their, their first album is self-titled and it's fantastic. Yep. So they then, a few years later, they put out this movie called The Pick of Destiny. Mm-hmm. And there was a soundtrack that went with it. And that soundtrack was hit or miss. But there were hits on there, right? Yep. So I'm just typing this in here. We're just going to have to... Uh... Oh, my goodness. Oh, here we go. We can edit out the pauses. We could. We could. So this is this is a song that was on the soundtrack. There is a scene in the movie with this song as part of it, but they cut it. They yeah. edited it from well, the movie. It's not a very good song. It's not a very good movie. No, the movie's pretty bad. Like uh, compared to expectations. Yeah, I had pretty high expectations for that movie, yeah. and it was a, it was a, it was it was kind of a dud. So let's see here. Do we have to go through a fucking ad? Oh yeah, we do. Hey everyone. Uh... He was an excellent. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, here we go. Skip. There, perfect. Oh boy. Loading. <laughs> the government totally sucks, you motherfucker. The government totally sucks. Ben Franklin was a rebel indeed. He liked to get naked while he smoked on the weed. He was a genius, but if he was here today, the government would fuck him up as right here today. Oh god. That you know what that's that's a that's that's well done on that. This choice. is this is a band that like in their first album 
told Ronnie James Dio that his sauce would mix with theirs and they would make a good goulash baby. Yes, exactly. Or, like, you know, I, just I, a yeah. fantastic line. Lots of good lines. Lots oh, of well-written lyrics. Uh, funny. In, in, in a, this kind of just took it a different way. Just it, it, in, a, in a more yeah. obvious, um, boring way. So, well... Uh, so, so that, I, I agree 100% on that one. Song number two. My favorite artist of all time. Peter Gabriel. Oh, Pete has a few, hey? He's got a few. He's got but... a few. Not not a lot, but he's got a few clunkers. I'm going so to tell you, I was tempted. I, I, I was like, I got to put a Peter Gabriel one on because he's my favorite. And again, yep. it would meet the theme of the list. And it wasn't hard. There was a couple that stood out. I was like, Sledgehammer, big time. Like, the singles, it's just like, oh, God. Like, they're not terrible songs, but they don't really... Like, what Peter Gabriel is, it's not even close, right? Yep. But there is one song, and it's... It's like a fucking slam dunk. All right. Okay. So he wrote this song on Up, which came out in 2002. And it's called The Barry Williams Show. It was oh, actually, yes. And it was actually the single from oh, the album, God. right? I remember this. There's a lot that's wrong with this fucking song. Um, I'll just. Well, the video for one. And I, I have the. There's a video here too. The video's right? horrible. It's not good. Uh, let's see here. So. It's got like okay, so we got this hard beat. Like yeah. we're like we're not fucking around. Like this oh, is no. like hardcore like shit going on here. And then listen to his voice when he starts singing. Oh, like no, it's the same wait. thing. One man at the window, one girl at the bar. Saw the look of recognition when they know just who you are. Seen you on the TV. What? That's bad. I remember you telling me about this years ago. And you were just disgusted. It's like, this song is bad. Yeah. So, so a couple of things that I wrote about this song as special notes. One, the show, the song is about talk show antics. Barry Williams is a talk show host. He's like, what's his name? Fucking uh, Jerry Springer. Yes. And it, but this is a 2002 song. Even in 2002, this was dated. Like the, yeah, it was really dated. the idea of, you know, talk shows being bad and yeah. exploiting people was already outdated, but he did, he did that. Um, his voice, like, that's it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, that's what? embarrassing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it's seven minutes long. God. It's fucking seven minutes long. So, anyways, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel from the uh, talking about the plight of Stephen Biko to uh, <laughs> uh, somehow addressing the um, uh, talk show daytime talk show host. It's I guess true. It's like <laughs> uh, you know, like eight years after it was like a thing. So there you go. Way to go, Pete. All right, I'm just queuing up the next one here. All right, so this one when I, again. When I say a band that I don't know if they, I don't think they've gone off a cliff, but things declined for sure, for yeah. sure. It's Oasis. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love me some Oasis. Um, definitely, maybe is a masterpiece. What's the story, Morning Glory? I just love the album. I don't know if it's a masterpiece, but it's a great. I just you know, it's a fun album, right? Yep. And then you know, Be Here Now is all right. Master Plan, like it's not bad stuff. Nope. It's not great. It's not bad. Whatever, right? But but there's a little problem. Okay. And that's that Oasis is two brothers. Mm-hmm. So all the good stuff is written by Noel. Yep. Noel, all the songs that you love are sung, mostly sung by Liam, but written by Noel. Yep. But on every album, 
he lets Liam write some songs. It's almost <laughs> yep. like it's almost like you know what he's your little brother. Like let him write a fucking song. Yep. Put it on the album. He wrote one song called Songbird that was terrible. Yep. But it does not hold the candle to this one. This is from uh, God. What is this album? Uh, Heathen Chemistry, I believe. Is that the name of an album? No. It's uh, the whatever the black one that they released in like two thousand and two. I I can see the picture of it here, but I can't no, I uh, can, get the name of is it. Is it Heathen Chemistry? I don't know. Now, hold on. We'll edit this. Is it the one with Lila on it? I think so. I think that's Heathen Chemistry. I may not even edit this. <laughs> we all can't. I love Oasis. You're all searching a page about about about, uh, about isolated area vegetation. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Where the fuck? There he is. There they are. All right. There they are. Here we go. Scroll down all the way to disco. There you oh, go. There we go. Discography. It's, there it is. Uh, Heathen, Heathen Chemistry. chemistry. Yes. Heathen Chemistry. Show me the site for it. No, it's not Heathen Chemistry. No, it's not, is it? Okay, Don't Believe the Truth. There don't it is. Believe the Truth. Oh, Don't Believe the Truth is a pretty bad album. It is. It's a pretty bad album. So this album came out in 2005, and it's it's not a good album. Um, the big single... I'm away again. <laughs> what a professional podcast. Lila. I like Lila. Lila. I like Lila. Lila yes. was all right. I thought turn, Lila was on Heathen Chemistry, turn, but it was Turn wasn't. Up the Sun was all right. Love Like a Bomb, I didn't mind. It kind of falls off in the second half of the uh, the album here. Liam wrote a couple of songs, and Love Like a Bomb, it was an, uh, actually not terrible. Are you are, are you choosing the one I think you're choosing? Is it, get, Give me the number. Oh, God. that That is, um, what, seven? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So he wrote this song called Guess God Thinks I'm Able. This song this song is bad and it's perplexing, all right? <laughs> all right, play it. Do we have to listen to an ad again? Nope. Okay, good. Because there should... Who would want to be... What advertiser would want to be associated with this? All right, so we're all right here. We're getting a little guitar. It's a guitar, yeah. <sighs> a little more guitar. Guitar, 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 guitar. I wrote here, just listen to the song. Yep. Yeah. Here we go. I could be your lover. You could be your mind. We go on forever. Till the end of time. You could be. Blah, 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 blah. Terrible. So. So he's lamenting, uh, apparently, the fact that he's you know looked upon as the villain. I just, I just, of I got two keep, brothers. Yes, I got the keep, guy who sat when they were doing Unplugged, who who bowed out of playing with the band oh, on stage. Hold on, I'm here. Sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! All right, so okay, sorry. That's bad. So this guy, he's like I said, he's lamenting the fact that he's the villain. This is the guy that's that that sat up in the in the rafters in the balcony when they were on unplugged, heckling his own band. Yes, and he's I I, I guess God just decided that I'm the bad I'm one. The bad one. So terrible. So it goes on like that for you know three minutes, and then for whatever fucking reason we get to the three minute point near the end of the song. Yeah. Like let's just throw in this rock anthem like lyric. 
and then that's it. Now we got 30 seconds of distortion, song over. Oh yeah, it's like the reverse of every like album start of every song on uh, on on uh, whatever their second third album or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh god, be here now. Be here now. Where every, every song's song like eight minutes long uh, with distortion. Back at the start, yeah. Oh ridiculous. Jesus. Okay. Good choice. This one. This is this is my fourth one. Yep. This one might be a crossover. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, yeah, well, I'm already thinking I kind of know what it is. But this might be a crossover. Okay, it's Michael Jackson. Yep. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> All right. Lots of thoughts. The song is called BS. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is from... This is, by the way, this is crossover. This is on my list. <laughs> I had seven songs, and I was going to have to pare it down. Yep. I, I don't I don't have to as much, because this is on my list. All right. This was the first song on my list. <laughs> so Michael Jackson, of course, like fucking Thriller, bad. He's a legend. Off the wall, everything, you know, like he didn't write everything, but whatever, he, you know, whatever he performed was like golden, right? Pure gold. Including Dangerous, I think. Oh, I love Dangerous. Dangerous right. is a really good album. All right. So then he takes... Okay, pretty good album. <laughs> he takes four years off because he's on trial and whatever. Yep. And uh, so he releases his greatest hits album. It's called History. In 1995. And it's not just called History. It's called, it's called History. Past, Present, and Future, Book One. And <laughs> So just, like, if he wasn't being... If his ego wasn't big enough, he goes with a title like that. It's so, the most on. expensive album cover. At the time, it was the most expensive album cover. And it was because... It's a statue. It's a statue of Michael Jackson in it that he had a, made. A real statue. A photo of a real statue that actually existed. Yeah, and it still exists. Oh, yeah. Terrible. So, so, but the first album's a greatest hits album, but then he tacks on a second album and it's 15 tracks of new Michael Jackson material. Yep. One of which is Scream, which, which is, is a, awesome. Which is a great song. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing okay there. But then there are a number of songs where it's like, Michael Jackson's had a rough four years since Dangerous, and he's not taking shit. And there's a song that actually talks about how he's not taking shit. I almost is, included this time around as one of them, but is, I, I, I managed to focus on this, because this time around, I'm taking no shit. Yep. So, <laughs> DS, in the song, I've actually gone to songlyr songlyrics.com. I've heard both Don Standen and Don Sheldon. Yeah, or Dom Sheldon. Or Dom Sheldon. Whoever it is... Let's just say, what did you have on yours? What would well, you say? I said this? that they that he says Dom Sheldon, but eventually he's just he spends the whole time saying Tom Snedden's name out the side of his mouth. Yes, okay, because he's it's clearly a a, a uh, it's intended to be a scathing indictment of uh, Santa Barbara County District Attorney Tom Snedden, who he hates, the man who's prosecuting him in the molestation case. And by the yeah, so the guy's prosecuted him. And by the way, on the YouTube page with the song on it. Most of the people that comment on it are on Michael Jackson's side. They're like, um, what's his name again? Tom Snedden. He's dead now, and people are like, he can burn in hell. Like that. Yeah, Tom Snedden, a guy, a guy defending the safety of the public. By the way, yeah, yeah. a district attorney. Yeah, because he dared to cross the king of pop. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I said this has to be the least clever, clever diss track ever um, recorded because he's so clearly saying the guy's name, and. Um, and I, I have to say, uh, Tom Snedden, if, if I was Tom Snedden, and I know he, he's passed away, but he probably considered this song a high compliment. He might have. The, you know, like, the molester hates me? No, that's too bad. <laughs> right? Like, this has to be, like, if I'm, if I'm Tom Snedden, I'm going, well, yeah, that's fantastic. 
Now, my, my main thing, I don't want to steal your thunder on this. No, I, it's I all have yours. One, I have one other thing to think about here. I got two two comments, and one is, first about, you can keep playing it a little I'll bit here, the background, yeah. is, first of all, we could do a whole podcast on this album. <laughs> yes, we could. But, let's uh, let's get to this, just this song. The rhythm guitar in this song is, it just, it's vexing to me, because it's it's like it's played on a Casio. Like, it doesn't sound like a real guitar, which is interesting because the lead later on is played by Slash. Yes. So Slash is there. Slash is And he's there. not playing the rhythm. <laughs> they have, like, a keyboard rhythm guitar. It's absolutely just strange. So as far as production values go, it's absolute garbage. Yes. It makes no sense. This is Michael Jackson, the work with Quincy Jones, fantastic arrangements, and, and this is what he ends up with. The The... I think, oh, well, we can get, he's going to get to the chorus very quickly, yes. so we might as well turn it up. Well, let's listen. He has no social life. Burn. Yeah. He's with the KKK. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. He wants your vote, Remain DA. Here we go. He's so saying Tom Sned. So this lyric, I don't believe there are any other lyrics left in the song. This song goes for another three minutes. Yep. There's a solo by Slash. Yes. And then he just sings Tom Sneddon is a cold man. Over. Like he probably says it another 50 times at this point. So we won't take you through it. I, I would say, and we don't, we, we can't listen to it, but if you go listen to it, and God help you if you go listen to it, because it's a terrible song. Um, I, I, I marveled at the audacity of Michael Jackson to put this song out, and, and for all the reasons that, you know, um, uh, I mean, it goes without saying. The fact that he ended it at the end with a fucking gunshot <laughs> is, it just, it's such a shameful song. It's so shameful and it's disgusting and disturbing. And like, I, you know, it, you can't, you, I mean, Michael Jackson was hard to take seriously by that point anyway. And this just made it, it was just a little bit harder musically. So that's, that's my thoughts. These are all bad songs, but this song, I didn't rank them, but I have to put this at number one. Yeah, absolutely. The, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. The next no, one. the next one. Oh, this, oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. DS was number two. I'll give that a clear number two. Okay. But I got a number one one. This, this is what inspired the fucking list. I was listening to an album and this song came up and I was like, this is the list for the show. And this is what yeah. fucking kicks it off. Yeah. Okay. It's Illegal Alien by Genesis. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. So, again... Big Genesis so bad. bad. Yep. And there's there's badness when it comes to Genesis music because Phil Collins likes to be a funny guy, but he's kind of a corny guy. Yep. So there's some stuff that just, it's a little cringeworthy. Yep. But Illegal Alien takes the cake. I got a big fucking list of shit All with right. this song. Go okay? for it. Okay. Number one, Phil Collins, who is from England, sings the song with what I believe he thinks is a Spanish or Mexican accent. God. Are you going to play it? Oh, yeah. In the music video, which I'm watching here, they grow, they have fake mustaches, and Phil Collins has a toupee on. Yeah. There you go. Oh, 
Stop! Jesus, Phil! Now, when, Come he's, on. when he says cigarettes, there's a running gag in the video where Mike Rutherford is throwing cigarettes in the air and trying to catch them in his mouth, but he keeps missing. Yeah. And this happens like four times yeah. in, in the music video, okay? They're all wearing sombreros. Everybody, they're in this like Mexican street, so everybody's wearing sombreros. Everyone's smoking. It's like, it's fucking racist. Like, it's like, this yeah. is, this is Mexico. Here are the Mexicans. Uh, not working, smoking, sombreros, sombreros mustaches. mustaches, whatever, yeah. right? Everybody that they deal with is CD. They have to go to a passport office and things don't work out there. And that's nope. in, in the song. So, right? so in, that's in the song. Is that in the lyrics as well? That's in the yes. video. Yeah, if you go to the passport, it's he, he can't process. So the, is he the? What I wonder, and I know you can't really take a music video and like you know, glean too much from it. But I'm wondering, are they in Mexico, and they're British? They are. Well, here's the other thing, it's it's about being an illegal alien. It's about a Mexican person trying to get to the United States. Okay. Well, Why? when I need someone to talk about that, uh, I, I first person I ask is Phil Collins. Why would a band that's in Britain? Right about this topic in 1983. No idea. I, I don't know. But anyway, so they get to this musical break, and then there's fucking horns and gibberish, which I guess are people on the street speaking Spanish. Yeah. Like, they're all in the passport office fighting to try to get into yep. the states. By the way, if you if you get your passport, are you aren't you not illegal? At least yeah, if well, you're well, just crossing to visit. I, I guess. I, oh, here, here's the horns. All right. And they're terrible sounding horns, by the way. They are. They they're, are. They're not very good. So then the most, I think the most racist lyric in, in this, it comes up and it's it's playing in the background here. They're sitting on steps, by the way, in ponchos and sombreros. Now they've got singing. Okay. Yep. Here, here we go. Listen to this. So he's implying that you don't even, you don't go over to work. It's easy because when you're Mexican and you go to the States, you can just beg and make money. Phil, Phil, Phil. Yes. Uh, One more thing. There's a lyric that's cut out. It's not in the music video. It's not on the radio version. It's on the LP, Genesis. Okay, go for it. And it comes right after this. And basically he he implies that if you can't help him, he will get his sister to fuck you. Oh my god! To get them overseas, <laughs> I fucking shit you not. He Jesus. says you will do anything now to help me get to the outside. I don't, I don't get it. And he sings it all like in the Mexican voice, but kind of like sly and sexy. Oh it's god. bad. It's really bad. This is by far like the number one shit track by a band that I love. It's Illegal Alien by Genesis. Go at least go look at the fucking terrible video for like five minutes. Oh, that's bad. And that's my list. Over to you. Poops. All right, so we had crossover. DS was my number one. Oof. Um, just because it's so bad. Um, I was I was putting this together, and I, I came up with seven, and I wouldn't call some of these my favorite bands of all time. Okay. Um, and that's not because I don't think my favorite bands do, um, you know, uh, everything really really great, but um, I just had some songs by some bands that I like that I just find to be just horrific. <laughs> um, where to start? Because I don't right, quite have them ranked in order, but I'm going to start. I got six of them, and I'll try and go fast because uh, we're, we're we're bumping up against the time here. The first song, um, uh, I like Digital Underground. 
<laughs> I've liked Digital Underground for a long time. Now, Digital Underground has a lot of bad songs. But I, the worst song that I've ever heard by Digital Underground is a song called Tie the Knot. And if anybody has ever um, seen the movie Nothing But Trouble... Um, it's a terrible movie. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, was it, uh, I haven't John seen this movie. Candy, maybe? Uh, no, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. And oh, I, I don't even, I can't even remember it, but in, in that movie, featured prominently is a song called Same Song, which is a fantastic, ridiculously good digital underground song. It features the first, uh, lyrics of, like, by Tupac. Um, it's his first appearance. Um, it's just, uh, for me, a, like a kind of a landmark hip hop track. <clears throat> I'm sure many would dispute that. But Tie the Knot is in this movie as well. So they included on their 1991 uh, EP. This is an EP release. And the song is based on like the wedding march. And it's horrible. And if you can find it, great. If you can't, it doesn't matter. I have nothing else other than it's a terrible, terrible, terrible song. So take a listen. Okay, a little beat. All right, right. A little beat. Like it, it, it sounds like there's a flat note in there. It's yeah. so weird. You can fade this out. It's so bad. It, it's, it goes on and on like that. It's from the movie. I don't really know why they recorded it. It sounds, you know, like something that I would do today, just messing around in like garage band for fun. Bad. I love Digital Underground. They have a lot of bad songs. And they had a lot of bad songs uh, later on. It was Just Shock G making albums on his own. I don't even buy them anymore. But from that, like their boom period when they were really popular after Humpty Dance, Do What You Like, this was a bad song. Um, I'm not a super big fan of David Bowie. This one's a little, maybe a little controversial. I like David Bowie. Uh, I the, the thing is, I respect David Bowie as an artist. Uh-huh. But oh my God, China Girl is so bad. Oh, okay. China Girl has to be one of the worst songs I've ever heard that other people seem to really like. Um, it's off Let's Dance. So we're into like 1983 David Bowie. So we're kind of in like, you know, pop superstar David Bowie. Yeah. And you can take a listen here and I'll talk a little bit about... It hit number 10 in the US and number 2 in Canada and the UK. So it was a pretty popular track. Um, featured in Wedding Singer. Yes. Um, uh, and I didn't get it then and I don't get it now. It was a big 80s song. I, I, I don't despise it. Oh, God. But it's not... on. If I was to make an 80s mix, I would never... This song would never appear on it. It just, it bores me. It's, I find it boring and dumb. I think it's trash. And the funny thing is, it's not even David Bowie's song. Well, it's partly a David Bowie song. Iggy Pop did it first on, on, uh, his, in 1977. Mm-hmm. And it was bad then. And David Bowie somehow made it worse. <laughs> like, I don't get it. All right. Don't get it. All right. Let's keep going. I got, I got, I got three more here. Um, do I have three more? Yeah. Three more? Four more. Something like that. All right. Um, <laughs> I like, uh, I like the Red Chili Peppers. I'd put them in a, you know, kind of a top 50 of bands I like. I really liked the Red Chili Peppers when I was younger for, you know, obvious reasons being the, uh, li- the stuff I kind of listened to in the early nineties. My, uh, my friend Mike and I we used to have this when we had Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um, we really liked that album. It's a great album. It's fantastic. It's a classic. It's a rock classic. But they have a hidden track, and it's a cover of a 1936 Robert Johnson song called Hot Tamales, They're Red Hot. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I can't even tell you how much I hate it. I've never actually listened to the song all the way through. 
It's a minute and 12. I've never listened Check to it. We skipped it. We skipped it always. We talked about it constantly. I hate it. It's bad. So don't play it all the way through because I will not listen to it. I will walk out this fucking room right now. I hate it so much. That How does that fit? I didn't even know that. How I don't get fit? it. It doesn't make sense. I guess because it says they're red hot. But it's not like... It's talking about hot tamales. Not... Like you know, I, maybe hot, or hot, or hot tamales is the same thing as red chili peppers. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't like it. I wrote one thing: trash. I think it sucks. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. Um, okay. You know, what? I'm going to cut this one out. One an honorary mention of a song that I hate by a band that I like. Yeah. Uh, I probably despise the song a lot more than I like the band. Is Good Riddance Time of Your Life by Green Day is right. so bad. It's a bad song. Um, Clips package. Leading up to the last episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, barf-tastic. I hate that song. All right. So, um, let's go to the last two here. Um, I've been a bit of a uh, Meat Puppets fan, a little bit. You know, um, probably got into them like most people did um, because of uh, Nirvana Unplugged. So, the Meat Puppets helped, uh, sat in the two brothers. The Kirkwood brothers sat in on Nirvana Unplugged and did two of their songs with, uh, well, three of them actually. Only two of them made the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one was on the album, but, uh, in, uh, late 93, they did Unplugged. And so they did Lake of Fire and Plateau and everybody loved it. It was great. So, the Meat Puppets had a new album coming out, um, in about January of 94. So, this is, um, it aired, I think Unplugged, it probably aired in December 93. So, not long after they ham fisted this, <laughs> reworked version of Lake of Fire onto their album Too High to Die. It is just rotten. And I, I don't... Again, it's a two-minute song. It's a two-minute... Well, no, that's that's the original. Oh, is it? You're looking at the original there. This one is from 1994. It's a reworking of Lake of Fire. Uh, it's a bad modern rock take on a song that was kind of decent from the, from the like, a lo-fi kind of uh, alt-rock so classic. This? No. This is the original. The, 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 the original is kind of um, plaintive and lo-fi and kind of interesting. Uh, they update it with kind of um, a modern rock twist and the vocals. Oh, I got it here. Are so bad. And if you got it, take a little listen. Oh, you know what? Oh, no. No, you don't got it. There's a, When you put in cover, there's like a fucking yeah, shit forget ton that. of... It's them covering of, themselves. Shit ton and of covers. They don't... They, it, doesn't, it doesn't, you know, like... Kurt Cobain and the and Nirvana kind of made that song a little bit of a classic and it was good. Um, but then the Meat Puppets went and did a hidden track and it was, uh, just absolutely terrible. Very bad. So that one was always one that I just felt was a real, um, left a bad taste in my mouth. Now for my final one, this probably would have been number two. And this actually isn't just one song. So don't bother searching anything. Mm-hmm. This is more of a, um, just a validation of a thought that I had um, way back when. Now I'm a big Pearl Jam fan, and I could probably go <laughs> to anything Pearl Jam. I could go Bugs or Hey Foxy Mop, Handle Mama, That's Me, all these experimental kind of things that they kind of put on different albums. Heck, I could even say Bush Leaguer off Riot Act, which is a terrible song, and it's bad. And where I kind of agree politically with the song, yeah. it's like uh, you know a teenager wrote it, and the music is terrible. I'm gonna, my, um, Mistopheles, our friend Lauren and I, and I, we used to talk about, uh, we'd have these long discussions about Pearl Jam. We'd always like, we'd always be worried about the day that Eddie Vedder did a solo album. Okay. We'd always like, oh man, when Eddie does a solo album, it's gonna be bad. And, 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 and in, uh, I can't, um, I can't remember when the Wild came out. What, 2008? 2008. 
he does the Into the Wild soundtrack, and Into the Wild soundtrack is solid. So it was kind of like, oh, you were wrong. You know, it's Eddie, Eddie Vedder. He did a good solo album. It was pretty good. He had a real nice cover of uh, a nice Indio cover. And it was just a good kind of, uh, you know, uh, low key, ni- good um, soundtrack. But then in 2011. This is 2007, by the way. 2007. In 2011, Eddie Vedder um, justifies everything that we ever said with about his um Potential solo career by doing a whole album of songs played on the ukulele. <laughs> and it's so bad, it is included as one big package. I was validated in my fears. So bad. We used to listen to some of those Pearl Jam songs with Eddie playing the ukulele, and we are like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. This is not going to be good. And in the end, absolute garbage. The whole album. I know it's not as fun. I don't have a song that I can play. <laughs> But I'm, just, I'm just trying to queue up at least to start ukulele with this album. is you know it's borderline honestly if it's played in the right way it can kind of enhance yeah here we go like it already stinks I bought this album I spent money on this thing like I literally bought the whole thing I remember once it wasn't this album there was some CD maybe you'll remember I don't know if you'll remember the quote but I remember you quoting oh boy it's just bad. Someone, this isn't the worst song. This is maybe probably the best song. <laughs> Someone released an album, and you said that it was just a big turd disguised as a shiny disc. Yep. Well, that's what this is. <laughs> I, I don't think I've listened. This is in my library because I'm a bit of a completist. I don't think I've listened to it. I think every song is um, one star because I don't want to see it pop up on anything. <laughs> um, it's got nice cover art. I mean, that's about all that I can say. Uh, Metacritic, 68%, and that's really, 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 really um, wrong. It's bad. It's bad. Rolling Stone gave it three and a half stars? No, no. So, yeah, that was it. Again, I was going to do Bush Leaguer because I really felt like Bush Leaguer was a really terrible song by Pearl Jam. Yeah. But, um, you know, Eddie's uh, solo uh, um, jaunt there with the ukulele was just uh, too bad to to overlook. So um, I'm sorry I didn't end with one song, but uh, again, I would have ended with the DS, with DS by Michael Jackson, which is terrible. So that's my list. And there you have it. What's that? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I playing us out. That might be our cue to get the hell out of here. Nice. Well, we'll hopefully be back in a week. We went shorter than last time. Yes, by, we did. By, by, uh... In the end, with the music here, probably 15 minutes. So there Perfect. we go. There we go. Well, maybe we can cut it down to an hour by the next time we're on. We're getting nice and tight. So anyways, thanks for listening. If you want to tell us about your hated songs. Oh, actually, I have to say, um, Sad Sack Jets fan, the only one that, that responded to my question about this, hates uh, Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. And it's a bad song. Yeah. It's he says it sounds like a bad ad for like Philadelphia tourism. Yep. And then I actually found a video. And I was like, oh, watch this. And he was like, I'm not watching your barf-tastic craptacular, which got him a favor by Randy Turner. So Perfect. Well done, Sad Sack. So, so anyways, everybody, that's the Mezzanine Sleepover. We'll see you all in a week. See you next time.